Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I am here today with Santa Barbara County First District Supervisor Doss Williams, and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I've been writing some stories about Doss lately, which is not that new if you look at the history of my career. Um, and I've been talking about him a lot more uh, lately after a, a meeting that um, was a little bit interesting and intriguing to watch. But before we get there, Doss Williams, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing all right. We got we got a lot of stuff we're dealing with at the county very early in the year. So right, yeah, uh, time flies, and here we are, 2023. Hey, Doss, I want to just talk to you because I've spilled a lot of figurative ink on the SB CAG meeting and this effort by the city of Santa Barbara to fund a specific plan, which was about $1.1 million. And their idea was, hey, we want to redevelop La Cumbra Plaza. And we're going to submit this application to, to get state funding. And we're going to look at this and all these different property owners and these parcels. And we're going to work together with uh, the school districts, look at look at a traffic congestion, new traffic patterns, housing, and we're going to plan for this whole area. And so this is a big project. We know specific plans happen kind of rarely. And they wanted the money from the state. However, the SBCAG board said no. Uh, Randy Rouse, mayor of Santa Barbara, was the only one who was in support of it. And you as the chair sort of had the most time on the mic kind of explaining your perspective. And so I want to just start there. Uh, wh why why did you feel the need to not fund the city of Santa Barbara's specific plan for an overall up to 2,000 housing units potentially, and instead kind of lend support to the Taylor family project, which is about 700 units? Um, what what was going through your mind there in terms of of, of why that was the better path? The basic question was just whether a specific plan would speed up the development of housing or whether it would slow it down or have no effect. And the reality, the, the, the criteria of the grant, the purpose of the grant would be to speed up housing or electrification of housing. And so if that doesn't meet the criteria of the grant, then we shouldn't fund it. So you can, we can debate whether a specific plan is appropriate or not, but that's not what the decision was about. The decision was, was the city asking for money for something that didn't meet the criteria of the grant. And that ultimately was our conclusion that there, they hadn't offered enough evidence that this would actually speed up construction of housing. In fact, they basically admitted that it wouldn't speed up the Taylor project. Um, and so maybe the whole, whole logic was based on hope that by doing a specific plan, they would uh, speed up uh, the remaining property owners uh, to make a decision about going forward into housing without offering any evidence that that would do that. Right. I mean, you know, the, the, the real question here is, do a bunch of property owners in a long-term lease uh, 
suddenly figure out that they're going to get out of that long-term lease to build housing because the county does a specific plant or because the city does a specific plant. Um, that, I mean, that would be the only way we could uh, fund that grant. And they didn't even come with a timeline. Uh, you know, it seems like the other issue was whether uh, state law permitted something that went over the height limits. They didn't come with any kind of legal opinion. They didn't bring lawyers. We didn't blindside them. We told them the day before that they have to come with evidence and they came with no evidence. Okay. So as somebody who's covered you forever since 2003 or whenever you ran for council back in the day, um, and obviously we're not the same people we were back then, but you worked for the city, you know, you were on the council for seven years, I believe it was. Um, that's pretty strong. Okay. Yeah. Th those, those comments, that language, um, are, are you essentially saying the city planners, Dan Golan, I guess we shouldn't name names here, you know, just out of politeness, but are you essentially saying the city planners came to the, the meeting unprepared to convince the board to go in this direction? I mean, is that, is that what you're saying? That it just was not, it was not a, a valid effort on their part. Yeah, I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's why I call them idealistic. I mean, I do think that city planners have a really hard job. Um, and uh, I personally feel like the city and county planning is, is one of the most noble jobs that you could do. But if their purpose was to embolden more housing development, you know, I personally thought that they didn't bring us any evidence that that that's what it would do. Okay. Um, and and I'm not the only one. Those nine other SBCAG board members, some of whom felt more strongly than I did, uh, uh, opposed to funding something that, in their view, uh, you know, sm smacked of some kind of hypocrisy. Right? That we're gonna we're gonna take a million dollars that could be used to construct housing or to speed up the construction of housing. And we're going to use it to slow down housing. That's what a lot of my colleagues uh, seem to come to the conclusion was what the effort was. So I, I, I actually gave the folks involved the benefit of the doubt that maybe they just erred in their logic instead of assuming that they were cynically opposing or slowing down the project. Yeah. And it makes sense that the North County supervisors are going to say, or they're going to look at that project with the most extreme critical eye, because that's $1.1 million that can fund charging stations, you know, in, in, in Orcutt or in, in North County. So it makes sense. There's a little bit of a tug of war there in terms of the dollars I guess the it, thing it's more about something else, Josh. It's more about in the North County and all across the state of California, people view us as in South County as hypocrites. They th they 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 know we talk about environmentalism and saving the world all the time and that we ostensibly believe in it. But they then think that we our actions do not match our ideals. 
And as you, as you know, my, my, my mission in life is to get this community to act in accordance to our ideals on, on the environment and on protecting people. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that's, I think that's where that was coming from because most of the money was redirected to another South County project. Um, in fact, it's one that can increase uh, walking and uh, bi bicycle commuting um, the, uh, in, in Goleta. So, uh, you know, um, uh, so it wasn't for the majority of the money was didn't go back to North County projects, even though one of the, uh, one of the board members tried to open up the door to that. Yeah. What about this, this other counter argument, you know, and, and I think the thing that, that I stick on with this, okay. Is as, as, as Josh, who's covered DOS, you have always been the the positive dude, the optimistic dude. You've been the idealistic dude. Like you've been the guy who's said, "Yeah, we can we can spend all day fighting, but unless we work together and come together, we're not going to be able to come out of this with a solution that everybody is okay with." And and, and that's what compromise is about. That's always been you. And so for me, like my head literally just kind of freezes when I hear you say, you know, the city uh, has a reputation for slowing things down. I mean, they've, they've approved these AUD units. They've, they've approved hundreds of units. There's hundreds of more in the pipeline. Uh, but it's more of why not take an approach, DOS, of, of hey, we need to work together with the Taylor family. So what you city of Santa Barbara, you need to come up with a specific plan that does not slow down this project because yes, we do want a holistic approach. We don't want to just have this great looking project facing state street. And then everything behind it is still parking lot forever. Did it not make sense or did you, is there a path or would you consider saying let's do both? Let, let, let's work harder here. We're Santa Barbara. You know, you've, you've fought in the trenches with the city of Santa Barbara staff people for years. You know what that, that is like, but is there not a more like DOS like approach to be like, let's do both. Let's fund this. But this comes with a condition, which is work with the Taylor family to not slow down their project. Um, I think we can do it. I think you can do it. I think this board can be helpful to it. Instead, it seems as though um, we're going to have all these problems. Like we had the Hope School District talking about traffic congestion. You got Eric Friedman mad. You've got Randy Rouse mad. There's a couple other members of the council who are upset. And um, I don't know. It just it, it just seemed not DOS-like for you to be so let's make a fight out of this, at least from my perspective. Well, I mean, I, I brought up this with Eric months ago uh, so he he should he should he's actually the first person who should have known that that i had a um some real questions about it um and i th still think if they if they want to do a specific plan on the non-tailor portion of the of lacumba plaza there there's some benefits to that uh, i i definitely acknowledge that um 
but the the question I I you know my job is to determine what whether it would actually fit the criteria of the grant. It's it's dishonest for me to award money for something that does the opposite of what the grant is supposed to be for. You know, there's so to me working together would be processing uh, the the permit and building housing as quickly as possible. What, the survival of another generation of Santa Barbarans, the economic survival of another uh, generation of Santa Barbarans is wholly dependent upon that. Lacumbre Plaza is something that Bandy and I, Bandy White and I talked about incessantly the entire time we were on council, that this is the most important place, most exciting place to ultimately be able to address um, our community's housing needs. And the Taylors have put forward a project that is all rental. So it could substantially help the workforce demographic, the younger demographic um, that, that we absolutely need in this community. Um, so for me, the, the reason why you know I care is because I very much think that development of housing at Lacumba Plaza is crucial for the survival of this community. Um, and uh, you know, so if they still want a specific plan uh, for the non-Taylor portion of it, I could see the logic of that. But uh, the Taylors definitely don't want to be part of a specific plan. So how would that be work, everyone working together to force a property owner to have a specific plan on their property? Um, I guess, and, you know, so, it, 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 you know, it, this is not a kumbaya. The city is going to be in the position of having to fight either the people who want to build the housing or the people who want, want to be against the housing. And it seems to me that the city is positioning itself to be to fight against the people who want to build the housing. And I think that's fundamentally an error. I think that's fundamentally wrong. I think right now the courage and the side of moral consistency is to build housing. You know, we we can't with one mouth say we want to reduce carbon emissions, we want to save the environment, but then force people to live farther and farther and farther away from their jobs and destroy the environment. You know, that's what we've done for 30 years. We've said one thing, which is that we care about this earth, that we care about our community and that we want to save the environment, but our actions have produced the opposite result. There is a time when we have to recognize that and we have to fight to build housing right here and to do it as quickly as possible. I mean, I, uh, I agree with everything you said there, but I guess this is what's challenging for me is I don't think it applies right now. I mean, I don't think you can say with a straight face that the city has not tried to build housing in the, since 2013 with the AUD program. I mean, I know this is not in Goleta, but Goleta's built a ton of housing. Um, I guess the question, you know, remember Dan Secord, he used to say uh, on the council, he'd say, uh, I do, I do. I fondly remember Dan Secord. Yeah. Dr. Secord, he used to say, I'd rather do it right 
than right now. You know, of course, Dan was a Republican, you know, so he probably was not big on the housing, at least, you know, uh, the way you are. Dan was a pretty reasonable guy most of the time. I don't, I'm not sure that in, in the era of Trump, Dan would have remained a Republican. Oh, I'm sure he would have, he would have ran from Trump, you know, like a lot of, a lot of Republicans have, but, uh, you know, this idea that the Taylor project is going to be the savior of housing, as opposed to let's get 2000 units as opposed to 700, um, I think is a, is a debate worth, worth having. And then I also just worry uh, that the city of Santa Barbara, the planners, the, the council, I worry that you're making new enemies, honestly, too, when you're, you're doing that because they're over there, they're going to hear what you're saying. They've heard what you've said. And they're going to say, how could he say that? Right? Like, like, how can he actually throw us under the bus like that? But obviously everything you said is true. We need more housing. We need more housing for the next generation of people. You and I know as people who grew up in this community that people we knew don't live here. Right. If you know somebody who went to Ivy Elementary or DP who actually owns a home in this town, it's it's rare. You know, there's a couple of, you know, people that have been able to do it, but most of them have moved. So I, I get all that. Um, I just I, I think it's part of it is the DOS that I know seems this seems a little different on here, but maybe it's just part of maybe it's just me. Maybe I need to sort of understand that you can be for housing, but yet not think this specific plan is the right path uh, legally. Although the scoring committee did recommend it and the, 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 you know, it was recommended to the board for approval. So I don't want to get too into the weeds there, but I mean, it there, wasn't I mean, as though there's, there's new information that came out between then and, the, and before that. And then, which was that there was an actual application. It's right. much different to do a, a, a specific plan when nobody's proposed anything versus do a specific plan that could be inconsistent with the developer-based application that was going in. Right. You know, I, and I and I, I just think you know the um, the aspect of this that you have to realize is that staffing levels with planning is so insufficient right now. And this doesn't just go for city and county staff, but it also is with consultants um, that it's a limited pool of folks. So if you have two planners working on a specific plan, it's literally two planners that won't be working on processing applications. So I just fail to understand logistically how that speeds up housing development. Right now, we don't have enough planners to actually uh, process applications. So what makes, how does that make sense to then throw more staff into, uh, into a, a specific plan? That, 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 that question wasn't answered. And we put these questions to them the day before, because at SBCAG, we meet as subcommittees beforehand. So we were really clear, you guys have to show us evidence that this goes faster. And I don't think the evidence was there. Um, but, it, it, you know, if your critique was that I could have been more positive, absolutely, that I, I'll, I'll take that, you know, mea culpa. Um, because the city, until last year, has done 
a good job. And of course, myself and Helene, we were both there during and, and made some of the uh, zoning changes, initiated those changes that led to the AUD program. And so I, you know, I obviously am invested in the production of rental housing in, in Santa Barbara, which I do think is crucial for its, you know, for the survival of diversity, for its ethic consistency, um, et cetera. I just don't think that this was uh, done right. And I don't, I, you know, if I, if I call people idealistic to me, that's giving people the benefit of the doubt instead of calling them cynical, right? Mm -hmm. Because a, a lot of my colleagues viewed this as a very cynical move to get a million dollars from us that's meant to speed up housing and then to slow down housing with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't view it that way because I, I, I do uh, see uh, the people believing in the, as particularly in the planning department, believing in, in the production of housing that's appropriate for our workforce. Um, yeah. You know, I, I am also disturbed at the trend, the anti-housing trend at the city in the last year. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe that was some of the pushback that you saw. Um, uh, you know, the, the lack of willingness to rein in design boards that are, um, I think clearly breaking the law because design boards are not supposed to be uh, making decisions that reduce the number of units in, in a, in a housing project. That's, that's a decision for a planning commission or a council. It's mm -hmm. not a, a decision for a design review board. And, um, and the fact that uh, the, um, the new downtown plan for housing was rejected and hasn't been replaced with, with something else. You know, uh, I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared that the momentum on providing um, rental housing in the, in the city uh, is, uh, is going to be lost. I mean, is, are you, is that because of Randy's mayor and there's a new direction that might have been at the top when Kathy was there? I hope Randy will be pro-business and I don't understand how you could be pro-business without being, you know, supportive of workforce housing. Mm -hmm. But, but I do think that the change in leadership might've had something to do with it. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared for the future of Santa Barbara. Um, uh, that just when we were, uh, you know, moving in the right direction to try to provide enough rental housing to bring that market down or to reduce the growth of of the of out of control rents um that we might lose momentum right now and and i think if you ask anybody that actually builds housing uh they'll probably agree with you that the city is not moving fast enough and has that we've lost some momentum oh yeah no 100 percent I mean, everything you're saying is true. It's just weird to hear it coming out of your mouth because, I mean, it's a very, a very developer perspective. And, um, you know, I was thinking if it wasn't the Taylor family, right, who has a really good reputation and Ben Romo, who is a very well connected with all the electeds, wasn't representing them and working it behind the scenes. Like if, if this was Ed St. George proposing this specific plan at Lucumber Plaza, I guarantee you, right, it would not be the same reaction i guarantee you you know so 
as a, somebody who's a journalist who's covered city hall for so long and government, it feels like it's one of those policy decisions. It's like, well, the tailors are good. So we're going to go for it as opposed to what you're supposed to do in government, which is plan for the future. But you've made yourself clear. I think we just sort of disagree, but I hear what you're saying on, on, on the issue. You know, I, I just, I like idealistic DOS. That's the DOS I know. Yeah, but if they were proposing, uh, I mean, I I think this is idealistic. They, if they were proposing a bunch of of lu- of luxury housing for sale housing, I would try to kick the crap out of it, be- like I used to, right? You know, um, but but I think they're proposing something really exciting, which is rental units uh, with a large amount being price controlled, affordable, and a large number being affordable by design. I mean, isn't it idealistic to be enthusiastic about something and not just want to kick the crap out of it? <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I um, and 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 then the other difference, Josh, is I'm informed by data. Right. You know, I mean, the 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 crucial thing that should shake us to our core as a community is that we we got into uh, sort of this slow growth thing um, because we wanted to, to protect the environment. But the data's come in. All we've done is created leapfrog development in other communities. We've, by by not building housing in the city of Santa Barbara, uh, we've, we've created massive uh, amount of leapfrog development in other communities. And those people drive farther and farther uh, to work. And that's the source of 55% of the carbon emissions in our county and 60% statewide. So instead of saving the environment by doing this, the data is in, we're, we're killing the environment by not building housing. And so I think, you know, we should be, see numbers and see data and see experience and make sure that that overrides um, portions of our ideology. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just you know what I think a, a scientist should do, and I think it's what human beings who want to be ethically consistent should do. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I just think we disagree because I mean, hundreds of units the the city of Santa Barbara has built. I, I don't I don't think it's fair to say they they have not built housing prior to 2013. Yeah, we went like 40 years without building apartments. Um, that, that, that's my that's my point, Josh. You can't not build any private apartment buildings for 40 something years and have that not create a nightmare of a rental market. And it's yeah. gonna take some production to turn that around. Right. Um, right. And, affordable, and, affordable by design though, Doss, like we know that's that term does not exist in this town because those mark, those, those little studios, those apartments are outrageously expensive. And we know the ones that the neighborhood with Plaza are going to be really high end, you know? And so um, I think you've sort of made it clear. Um, I guess the only point is, 700 units versus 2000. We're never going to get the 2000 if um, it's not a specific plan. Um, and instead, we we'll go with 700 by why? 2000. I mean, wh- why? I mean, the, well, the, the city the, says the other area, the other parts of the property are in a long term lease. So I don't uh, I don't understand why, uh, you know, 
you, you know, the case has not been made why a specific plan would be superior to incentivizing those investors to come together. Why would that be superior to actually just approving the Taylor project? Approving the Taylor project would would tell the investors that that they would have some uncertainty to build more units. And I think it would be a, a much more powerful incentive than than a specific plan. A specific plan might be appropriate too. I'm not opposed to a specific plan on the non-Taylor portion of La Cumbre Plaza. Um, but I don't want to fund something that nobody can tell me will actually, you know, speed up housing production. When I'm supposed to be, my job is to allocate money that speeds up housing production. Well, could you make a case that it'll speed up the Taylor project, but slow down not funding the specific plan will speed up the Taylor project, but slow down the potential for those 2000 units total. I think it is, un it, it, it is unclear, but what was clear was that the, the property owner was, a, was opposed to being, having a specific plan foistered on them and uh, uh, made the case that it was going to slow down their development, which was not the purpose of the grant. It was the opposite of the purpose of the grant. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I definitely don't want to um, uh, say that I, 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 I question the intention of the planners, but I think that the city uh, and the city, the city's top leadership, both staff and and council, are are going to have to make a decision who they want to fight. This is this is, you know, something like this is not going to be a kumbaya. They have to decide, are we going to fight the people who want to produce housing? Or are we going to fight the people who are opposed to producing housing? One way or another, this is going to end up in court. One way or another, it's going to be a bloody fight. And the, the city has to decide, are they on the side of housing or on the, the side against housing? Yeah, And I'm on the side for housing. You know, well, I think I think the city's on the side for housing too. I think I think everyone I, is on the side of housing. I, I wonder, Josh. I I wonder if that's the case. Why they seem to be gearing up to oppose the Taylor's moves? Well, so, I mean, they're, they're planners. They they don't want to have a developer project dictate what they want to what what they went to school for, what their professional job is, which is to be urban planners, and they don't want to feel like. Man, the, the Taylor project is going to so, move. So they forward. don't want somebody who produces an application that conforms to all the rules that are on the books right now to have their application processed by the rules that are on the books right now. Well, I mean that's a that's a philosophical I mean, thing. Like like I, yeah. I I I could hand you a hundred dollars right now, right? Or I could say, Doss, I'm going to hand you five hundred in a year. Okay. You know, and sure, you can take the hundred, but there's some benefit into waiting and taking the five hundred. And I think that's what the city planners are 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 thinking about. And the other part of it is maybe from a statewide perspective, that project is cool, but it hasn't been reviewed, and there are height limit issues. And so the city's going to have an ability to fuss with the project. It isn't as though this thing's going to get get built, but. I think you've made it clear you're the elected you you know you have to make those decisions and you did you did what you did 
Um, and I think that uh, we're going to probably hear more about it. I just sort of feel like it's a DOS that I don't know. You know, I feel like, I mean, I know the housing, everything you said, I agree with, but I feel I just, like I just really want there to, to be housing, Josh. And I, and I, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I think there's enough outstanding questions of why, wh why wouldn't you just try to process this application? Why wouldn't you believe state law when state law says that, that, that certain projects um, like this uh, do, do not apply to height limits? That's what state law says, right? So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, we, we need to and, move and, on. And you can, this, community, and this, this is where, this is where the city has to choose the, the side, yeah. right? If you actually want the, a project and you want this housing, why wouldn't you choose the side of what state law says and what the property owner is trying to create? Right. If you well, really want the housing, why wouldn't you do that? So, uh, you know, that's what I think is the hard decision here and i mean it sounds a little bit like no. uh, assembly member dos quite frankly i mean it's an argument for redevelopment and and ending the redevelopment agency so that that money could go for what it was intended and it's not that you're wrong and it's not i mean it is what it is but it just feels like a state argument and not you know the iv kid dos argument who's you know balancing the housing versus the the need for this community to be what people love about it and the housing issue is yeah 700 units let's let's build it 2030 it's done whatever but um what about the rest of the housing that could have been there and i see what you're saying which is yeah but they didn't present an application that says that i that you felt like hey let's fund it because I don't, there's no guarantee that that's actually going to happen. So, so that makes sense. You know, it wasn't I, just a, a guarantee is we could fund with this money, actual production of housing. Uh, and that's what most of the, the, the monies were awarded to is production of housing or uh, funding for housing projects to have um, the kind of transportation connections and or electric charging to be a part of the solution. And, you know, this was a very large amount of money. The question whether a specific plan is good or not, uh, that's a that's a complicated question and one that I'm happy to participate in. And I'm, you know, not 100 percent decided on But whether the application would speed up housing. They offered no evidence of that. And it would be dishonest for me to hand money over a million dollars to something that could slow down housing when the money's supposed to be to speed up housing. All right. So uh, let's move on. That's a good, healthy discussion on a one item. Uh, Das, I want to ask you, you know, you say you have a lot going on for, uh, you know, already early in 2023. What's on your mind right now as far as, as far as the issues? I know some of the headlines are the county and the ambulance contract, uh, We've got community choice energy, or that you know, may not be the exact term, but we've got a you know a shift in how we use energy and electricity. What's on your agenda to start off the first part of this year? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I have definitely the ambulance contract on my mind because this is a, a, a once in a generation, maybe once in a lifetime decision of what is the future of our 
ambulance protection in the in the county. Um, we have for this first time a competitive bid. So um, first first time ever a competitive bid because the board of supervisors asked for there to be a competitive bid. Um, there is a uh, essentially a, a difference of opinion of of uh, whether the 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 awarding body um, that we empowered awarded according to the criteria. And we're going to, so the board is probably going to be looking at that. I can tell you that the board has really wanted this to mean uh, innovation and uh, improvement of services uh, for, and an integration of services um, for the people. Uh, we want to have a system that is 21st century, um, uh, you know, and um, is not, uh, stuck in a, a, a another age, uh, and so that's why where this is where the integration of a lot of things that we've been working on for a long time, improvement of not cell to nine one one system, um, uh, the the uh, integrated call center for all fire agencies in the county, uh, so that you would get the first available resource, uh, no matter what side of a border that you would happen to be on. Um, and then the ambulance. So those three things we hope will integrate into a, a, a system um, where uh, you get better service. And then, of course, you know, you got to have uh, your mind on energy markets if you're wanting to, um, number one, make sure that we're providing energy at affordable rates for folks. But number two, that we're doing a higher degree of renewable energy. And so, as you know, um, the county, as well as most of the cities in the county of Santa Barbara, joined um, a community choice aggregator. At the time, it was called Monterey Bay Community Power. Now it's called Central Coast Community Energy, 3CE. And 3CE, um, I'm the vice chair. Uh, it's a large entity that runs between here and uh, uh, all the way up through Santa, Santa Cruz, Monterey, San Benito and San Luis Obispo County. Uh, and um, we uh, have successfully provided energy for the past few years uh, at rates uh, between 20 and 40% less than PG&E and 2% less than Southern California Edison. But we're also on track um, to hit a higher degree of renewables than the utilities as well. Uh, because the whole purpose of doing this is going back to bring our our um, you know our ideals in alignment with our actions, right? Uh, is to really make a bigger difference and fight climate change locally. We also provide really great uh, electric vehicle incentives, so people, your your viewers, really look um, if uh, if they live in Goleta, Carpinteria, uh, the unincorporated area. Um, or North County, they really should look at our electric vehicle incentives. They're substantial. Um, uh, for a non-income qualified person, they're $2,500 per, per, per vehicle. For an, uh, an income qualified folks, they're even more, um, uh, you know, meaning for a low income folks to get an electric vehicle. We also cover electric charging parts and labor. If you uh, want to install an electric charger in your home or business. Um, we, uh, we've had a challenging year. 
because the war in Ukraine um, uh, has definitely meant natural gas prices are all over the map. Um, and uh, but that's just emboldened us to. Uh, and it's also been, uh, you know, challenging with renewables because uh, some folks are now getting paid more for renewables than they were a couple of years ago because of the volatility of the energy markets. So we've had to um, find some new sources and I'm excited to say there's great stuff, including uh, a compressed air storage facility because storage is really the name of the game uh, to um, make sure your energy mix is greener um, because most of the grid is green during the day. And then after 4 p.m. when people use more energy, uh, it gets a lot dirtier. Um, so we're doing we, we're participating in a large storage facility and looking at purchasing 200 megawatts of compressed air storage, um, which will uh, really enable us to um, shift our load onto the greenest part of the day uh, and make a difference for the world. Yeah. That's great. Great, great update. Uh, along the lines of the Board of Supervisors, a little bit of a political question here. Uh, you're serving with, uh, she's second district supervisor, Laura Caps mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to dig up any old drama, but um, <laughs> what's your outlook serving with her? And I just will say that Everyone gets along well now, but not too long ago, you know, you were framed in the, about the cannabis discussion in a very negative way uh, by her, by her campaign. Uh, and and that was, you know, war, I guess all's fair in war. She's trying to take her seat, but she framed you as, as, as not a good person, you know, right. uh, not an ethical person on the issue of cannabis. And that's going to linger forever with you because of that particular effort, you know, Um so, you know, what, what's going through your mind now? Now you got to serve with her through this bizarre, you know, change of events with redistricting and she moved and now she can run. Uh, what, what's on your mind as you're about to serve with her? Well, first of all, I think that uh, it's got off to a good start. Um, and I do think that the attacks that she made during the election were, you know, cynically based. Um, but, uh, you know. Uh, we do agree on a lot of things and we both care about uh, particularly things like uh, poverty and uh, climate change. And I really want to work hard on concentrating on that because I think it's really important. Um, and, you know, and ironically, the cannabis taxes uh, uh, fund the things that we could do and have done on um on climate change and um on poverty so uh you know uh you know so i i think ultimately uh making substantive change uh does make you enemies josh it really does i mean that's the one thing i could i could tell you that my young self that you remember um was less aware of that i am now is if you really want to be like, have everybody happy with you. You're really not going to make a difference. No. You know, um, if you want to save the county fiscally, if you want to make sure that it can actually do the things that we believe in and climate change, libraries and in poverty, uh, in law enforcement, 
then it you got to actually get some things done and and that's not easy but i can tell you things are going much better in terms of the whole uh community coming together on cannabis i won't say that everybody's all cozy together yet um but uh you know just in the last uh couple months um we've gotten several um uh growers to voluntarily embrace better odor control technology and ratified it uh in at least one cases in a hearing uh just a couple weeks ago all five supervisors voted together including laura and i think it, it means that we're making progress um you know is it sort of perfect yet uh no but uh you know most of the carpentaria valley does not have um you know odor um there's some pockets that do uh and uh most growers are now embracing uh better technology to uh deal with it and and i will encourage that transition yeah yeah well uh Nobody understands the importance of playing the rebel more than, more than I do um, as a journalist, you know, and I have people who, who love my work and I have people who will be, you know, happy when I'm not on this earth uh, to a great degree. And I always say if, 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 um, if you're not offending people in your journalism, you know, you're not writing about anything that matters, you know? And so that, you know, I think we, we, we are in alignment there, you know, just in two different uh, worlds, you know, but they do cross paths from time to time. Yeah. And when they do, uh, it creates quite the uh, moment uh, for sure. Um, hey, on the cannabis thing, uh, there's different ways to interpret all this stuff. I um, mean, you know, I was reading some story about how, um, uh, there's an oversaturation of cannabis out there. And so uh, the black market is sort of uh, uh, it didn't put away the black market at all. OK, it didn't it didn't put them out of business. That's, and, that, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and the data, true. though, indicates in the counties that have permitted it, the black market has been hurt more than the counties that didn't permit it. Yeah. So ironically, the black market is thriving more in the counties that did not permit um, legal marijuana. Right. And, and we do know the projections are lower than what was expected from the county budget. Um, so are you, uh, are how are you feeling today? Like, you know, people would say you fought on that hill for, for, for cannabis in the, con in, in the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the district, uh, when you ran for re-election, people will say that, you know, you died on that hill. And then now when we see that revenue is down or lower than what was expected, we still see a vibrant black market in some areas with cannabis. Do you have any regrets? Do you feel like, Hey, I'm still on the right side of this or what, what's on your mind? Oh, I, I definitely think I'm still on the right side of this. I mean, it's you, you can't, knock out the black market without legal marijuana. I mean, we tried that for a long time as a society and utterly failed. Um, and so I think the best way to wound the black market is to take market share away. Um, you know, the, um, the, the low market price of marijuana is a challenge very much for legal growers. Yeah. And it's a temptation for legal growers to cut corners. And I, you know, spend a lot of time encouraging folks, don't cut corners, 
stay on the straight and narrow, you know, um, the, the market will change again, you know, um, uh, and that we, you know, need to show that legal marijuana is better for society uh, than, than the black market. But I think the benefits are super, super clear um, uh, that, you know, the black market, especially in the Southern part of the state is a, a conduit for human pain. It's a, it's the infrastructure that the cartels use for uh, human trafficking, for um, harder drugs. And the best way to fight it is for legal marijuana to take away market share from them. Yeah. Uh, and the so the other benefits of marijuana, that is the, the, the revenue that we use for good purposes in the county, uh, especially our environmental work in the county, um, are clear, but the main thing is, you know, are we doing better in fighting the black market in counties that have permitted marijuana? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's pretty clear research on that. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not rough though on the people that are producing it. The market price is so low that it's, it's hard for, for, for folks, uh, just, you know, to, to continue uh, doing what they're doing and 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 do everything according to the law, but I encourage them; they better do it mm-hmm. because we have great, um, you know, enforcement staff out there. Uh, particularly, our sheriff's team is is enormously vigilant, and uh, you know we're going to do our best to keep people on the straight and narrow. Yeah, um, you know, I know you're tough. Right. I've covered you over the years. I've seen you bounce back from political adversity. Um, I've seen you rebuild, regroup. I've seen you lead. You know, I've seen you being be the darling of the party. You know, I've seen you do it all. When you walk around just, you know, today, like this cannabis thing, is this something that lingers over you, this reputation that you have among some? And those some are not everyone, as we know, because you keep getting reelected. <laughs> But they are some powerful people, at least, um, you know, to some degree in pockets of the community who will beat this narrative, right, that you are the cannabis bad guy. How do you, do you think about that at all? Or is, is it, do you, oh, sure. is it your goal to shake that? I, you know, I, I think it's, it's people predominantly in areas that are not affected at all by cannabis, cynically using that, uh, you know, um, the fact is Carpinteria reelected me by 15 points. Sure. Um, and that was right in the middle of the, of the fighting over, over marijuana. Yeah. So um, I think that says something. I think that uh, most of the people in Carpinteria have moved on. Uh, and it's time for everybody to move on yeah. uh, because we we want to solve these things and fighting about it doesn't solve it, especially because the best way to be responsive um, between neighbors is to communicate between neighbors. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think there's been positive developments. Um, the agreement between the Coalition for Responsible Cannabis and Car Growers is part of that. Uh, the encouragement that I've been giving to folks and the commitments uh, to change odor abatement uh, plans 
um, is a part of that improvement. And, uh, you know, the, the, the county uh, wanting to move towards uh, things like uh, air monitoring and so forth. It's also a part of, of improving. Um, we're not done yet. Not everything is in place. There's still half dozen or more in the Carpinteria Valley whose permit we have not yet fully adjudicated. Um, and um, uh, we, but we will continue to move towards improvement of the situation. Um, and, you know, uh, I think ultimately uh, history uh, will bear out that um, legalized marijuana, legalized and taxed marijuana is far superior to um, to the black market. And I, I just, you know, challenge people, if you don't know where your weed's coming from, that it's probably your money is fueling bad stuff. Um, and so, uh, you know, even if it might be a little bit more, at least you know it won't have pesticides, uh, it won't have mold, uh, it won't uh, be funding drug cartels uh, if you're buying your your weed legally. So please, please do so. Yeah, and uh, just to wrap up here, you got, this is 23, and then we got 2024, and I guess you'll be running again, you know, that time. Uh, I am I am definitely running for, for re-election. Uh, in 2024 and, and are you, have you you know i'm a journalist so people you know tell me these things and and actually das with the lacumbra plaza story a lot of people were like you know we're gonna take him out kind of stuff you know um do you do you do you keep your ear out for who might be running do you not care are you unbeatable um i guess i don't want you to say that because that will come back to haunt you you know but <laughs> but um do you worry about an opponent? I mean, we have some people who are like looking, actively looking to get somebody to challenge you. And and Laura was probably, I mean, she's one of the most popular people in town and she couldn't do it. So, I mean, do you think about who's next? Sure. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm prepared uh, and I will uh, be re ready to, uh, um, you know, get into a reelection fight if necessary. I'd rather concentrate on, on doing the county work. Um, uh, it, you know, that's, that's definitely what I feel is better for the people. Um, but I was able to, to get reelected yeah, even when, a, a when a caps was running against me. So I think it's going to be hard for someone to, to find, uh, a, an opponent, um, uh, of that caliber. And last question, we're both dads, how are your kids doing? I did see over the holidays at some events, uh, how's the family life going? Uh, you know, awesome. Uh, you know, uh, the best cure for the stress of politics is uh, an amazing seven and, and four-year-old daughter. Uh, uh, they're, uh, yeah, Ash and Kaya are incredible little human beings that I snorkel with, that I backpack with, that I um, uh, snowboard with, and and uh, they're um, great little adventurers. And of course, the best and the most common thing is read with they're, these these little girls. They're so awesome. They they love uh, Lord of the Rings and Narnia and uh, Les Miserables. Uh, you know these 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 girls are, are are really cool. And how's Johnny? Johnny's doing good. Uh, her uh, uh, both her clinical work as a psychologist is going well, uh, and uh, she uh, has a um, 
business as a diversity, uh, equity, inclusion consultant, and that's going well um, uh, for her as well. So these are exciting times. Uh, the world is is changing. Sometimes it looks like uh, a, a perilous future, but the world is changing for the better uh, on most things as well. All right, Doss Williams, I really appreciate your time and uh, your uh, ability to indulge me. I, I think that our relationship for 20 plus years, actually longer than that, because we went to Ivy school together for a while, um, uh, you know, allows me some liberties here to ask you some tough questions, you know, so I appreciate your patience and uh, being on the show. And uh, thank you. Look forward to talking to you again. Take care. Right on. See you, Josh. Right. Oh, 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 oh,